Welcome to Mouthing Off with Olivia. Hey guys, it's Olivia Caridi from The Bachelor, the girl with probably the biggest mouth you've ever seen. But now I'm using my huge mouth to talk really smart things with my favorite reality stars, influencers, YouTubers, you name it. They're going to mouth off too. Bam. This is Mouthing Off with Olivia. Everybody, I have Miss Julia Ray here from Listen to Your Heart. Thank you for having me. We have chatted on the phone at one time because Bachelor World is hard. Yes, it is, and you know it. I guess it's just as hard as Listen to Your Heart World, but here we are. We're going to talk all about it. I always like to start with who Julia was before the show, how you got into music. I honestly feel like I came out singing. My mom said I sang before I could talk. Cute. And I was on stage by the time I was six years old and doing musical theater productions. I thought I wanted to be on Broadway. And then when I was 15, I fell in love with recording music and writing and uh, put a YouTube video up because that's when YouTube was just gaining traction and was noticed by some record producers in LA and graduated high school year early and moved out to LA for that. So you just did music right away. It was my dream from day one, and it's been my focus from day one, too. So we, we will have a lot of questions from Facebook as well. Uh, Catherine Paquette said, I'd love to talk about her struggles she's had to overcome because of having CF. So there's, there's like a ton of side note questions to this, but maybe we can start with that yeah. um, and that whole journey for you, and then I'll follow up with her other questions. Sure. So cystic fibrosis is a chronic lung disease, and I was diagnosed before I was born. So I always say like as much as I always knew I wanted to sing and perform, I've also always known that I have this chronic illness that kind of gets in the way of me performing. And it has gotten in the way of me performing often. Uh, what it means for my daily life is up to two hours of breathing treatments um, and growing up constant lung infections that would cause my lungs to collapse. And then I would be hospitalized. Um, in fact, that happened when I moved to LA for my record contract uh, about two months after moving there. And I was already recording uh, ended up, uh, in the emergency room with a collapsed lung. It's been a lot to kind of constantly overcome those setbacks in addition to chasing a dream that is also filled with rejection. This might sound dumb, but how, how does it affect your performing? Like, do you get short of breath or how does that work? So... I actually think in some ways my breath control is somewhat better, but I did laugh. Someone tweeted out about my voice on the show. They were like, how does Julia have such control and a good voice, but also have vocal fry? And I'm like, <laughs> I've coughed my whole life. <laughs> because you spend two hours a day practicing this? It definitely affects it, but I've also always felt like um, this is just part of me. It's not who I am. So I've never let it define my like journey. Catherine also wanted to know what have people done that has been supportive for you? And then the inverse, like comments that have been harmful in regards to CF. Who? Since the show? Well, yeah. In life, maybe. Yeah. I mean, people definitely seem to think that it's a lim- it, They call it a life limiting disease, which okay. to kind of have that definition on you and something you have is hard to have that like dark cloud over your head. Um, I really hate how cyberbullies weaponized my own disease against me. I feel like that's very typical is if you mention that you have any sort of disease, 
typically it gets aired over and over again, whether you said it over and over again or not. And then people are like, you're constantly talking about this disease or this disorder that you have when you're probably like, yeah, I mean, I answered a question like once or twice. Yeah. And then there were the worst comments were people that were like, you deserve to die alone. Um, and your cystic fibrosis will help you out or something like that. I was just like, man, isn't that sweet? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Thank you. (laughs) Thank you so much for telling me that. Oh my gosh. So I guess to be helpful is just to treat you like nothing's wrong. Yeah. Yeah. I think I've, I've had an amazing group of friends surrounding me my whole life that have been super supportive and always end up sitting with me when I'm doing my breathing treatments and they know I can't talk. So they'll do something quiet while I'm doing it. Um, so just being there for me and, and the girls in the mansion were that way. Like I would do my breathing treatments while we would get ready. And if they were talking, they knew I would try and they'd be like, just stop. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. you also did pageants growing up and I have to wonder whether pageants, I don't know, helped your, your stage performing at all. So I did pageants because it was an opportunity to perform. Got it. Okay. I honestly threw my hat in the ring for Miss Pennsylvania Teen three weeks before with my prom photo as my headshot. (laughs) My parents were planning to take me to Friendly's after to soften the blow of me not winning because I was so green in pageant world. No, no experience. Yeah. None. And uh, I was just literally, I I got my name tag and it was laminated. And I was like, if I just walk away with this, I'll be thrilled. (laughs) I won. And my family was floored. My parents were like kind of embarrassed because they weren't dressed to the nines so I have no photo with my parents that night because they were probably wearing just like jeans and a shirt thinking oh well I they were like an impulse my dad was hilarious yeah so that was my beginning of my patent journey and I ended up winning so much scholarship money because I was first runner up to Miss America team because I went to nationals and um walked away with fifty thousand dollars for college and my dad was kind of like hey I'm pageant's number one fan now So you say right out of school, you go to LA. Now you're at the Northeast again. Yeah. 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 How did I end up back? Well, yeah. What, when, what, what was that transition like? So I got very, very sick. Um, the sickest I've ever been when I moved to LA for this record. Okay. Okay. And it was to the point where it was so back to back in the hospital and in the ICU that I, I actually wrote a letter for my funeral booklet and sent it to my parents. Cause I just kind of was defeated. Yeah. And I was emotionally defeated because I was just like, I'm on my way to, you know, making my dreams come true. And this illness keeps getting in the way. Yeah. So I had established my nonprofit at that point in time uh, for cystic fibrosis. And I decided to just pour my heart into that. I knew I wanted to go to college in New York City. And I knew I needed to just get healthy. So I just took a break from LA, came home, uh, got to New York City, went to college was still singing and performing, was still writing, but kind of thought maybe CF is going to get in the way of my dreams. So I put it on the back burner. And ever since then, I've been on the East Coast. So how did you get cast for this darn show? (laughs) It's so weird. I had just moved back to Philadelphia because I was working with the producers in Philly. And I honestly was kind of lost in life because I was like, my passion is music and performing, but it's also one of the hardest industries to break into, to make a living, to, you know, so I, I'm all those like massive questions. And then I, as a singer and performer, belong to these casting networks 
and re-signed up for one. And the next day, this was in my inbox for Listen to Your Heart. And I was like, that's weird. And I sent in my, my videos and I didn't really think anything of it. And that two days later, I get a call. <sighs> and I broke my lease in Philly. Okay. Not because of the show, just because I was like, you know what? I really want to pursue singing and performing again. So I'm going to move to Ash- Nashville or LA. Have my first audition. I, I, there was just something about it that felt right. And I was like, I never imagined in my life doing a reality television show. My friends always encouraged me to do The Bachelor. And I was like, no, because I want to be taken seriously as a musician. Mm-hmm. But this was like the marriage of that. And I thought it keeps feeling right. So maybe it's right. When you say audition, yeah, you obviously, I'm sure, sang. Was there any mention that it would also be a romance show? So they kept saying it was like a dating show. Okay, That was the premise of it. Um, but never uh, how or the rules or any of that. So you were open to dating then, I'm assuming. Yeah, I had just ended something like three months before the casting came and I was so, I was so single. <laughs> I was like, yeah. So I was like, great, this is perfect timing. Right. Yeah. So, okay, well then we, we might have answered this, but Jenna Morris said, did she pursue the show more for the dating aspect or for the music aspect? Obviously, we were all there to try and get a bigger platform for our music. Like, that's a given with this show. Right, of course. But for me, really, I had gotten to a point in my life where I spent six years in New York City, and that dating culture is... Horrible. (laughs) Horrifying. Not for the faint of heart. Horrifying. (laughs) And to be honest, when I was in New York, I enjoyed it because dating wasn't my focus. And uh, at this point in my life, I was ready to find what I wanted to be a really great relationship. So I honestly went into it thinking like, let me find the right person for me here, whatever that means. Um, And I think that's why what happened happened because I was so dead set on trying to figure everything out like that. Yeah. And um, willing to take risks and um, it didn't end in my favor. How old are you? 28. Okay. Got it. That helps me with figuring out your your timetable. Okay, so had you watched any Bachelor shows previously? Yeah, so I watched a little bit in high school, but then I kind of fell out of it. And then once I started auditioning for this and they mentioned that the Bachelor producers were putting it on, I was like, well, I guess I should be familiar with what they do. Right. So I started binge watching like the past two seasons and Bachelor in Paradise because they also kept saying like, this will be similar to Paradise. Once I booked the show. Okay. Which totally destroyed me. I was like, I don't know if I, if I see the resemblance, but okay, cool. So I assumed we'd be dating and figuring it out for a while. Cause that's the way I see paradise is everyone's kind of there to figure it out. But this was couple up by day six. And I was like, well, I never couple up by days. Who would? So everyone goes into the this mansion, which is not the same mansion as what The Bachelor films in. Um, it's this similar vibe in that everyone's really good looking, but it's obviously co-ed, so that's different. Um, and and you had that first kiss with Brandon. Yeah. Seems like you really, really hit it off with him. So what were we missing as far as like the initial kind of solidifying of a connection with Brandon? 
God, I mean, you guys missed so much. When I found out that it was going to be six episodes, I thought to myself, how the heck are they going to fit everything that we filmed in six episodes? Mm -hmm. Brandon and I had like this very witty banter. And that was something that was um, comfortable for me. He reminded me actually a lot of the guys that I dated in New York. Oh, probably should have been. I was saying, which might not be a good thing. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Julia. (laughs) That's hilarious. But instead... It was like, a, oh, this is some, um, and sometimes we repeat things over and over again in our lives. <laughs> we make the same mistakes over and over. That is true. Yeah. But then he partners off with Savannah. Mm-hmm. Was that surprising to you just based on maybe things that were happening that we, we didn't see? Yeah. I mean, you did see him pull me aside and say like, I knew you were going to be safe. So yeah, you're still here. And I think I would have preferred he come to me and have a conversation with me. Um, Like, Hey, I made this decision, you know, but that never happened. And so that was kind of like hard, a hard pill for me to swallow. Um, Plus it was all happening so quickly that it's like, we, we were just told to couple up. Oh my God. Now we're coupled up and now we're competing musically. And that's like your biggest life dream right here, dangling right in front of you. And in hindsight, do you think that he was just saying that to you? Just to make you feel like the breadcrumb kind of thing? Yeah. In hindsight, a lot of things. <laughs> and in hindsight, watching it back, I was like, oh, girl. He w- he was just being skeevy in that moment. He didn't like me. Um. <laughs> <laughs> in the moment, you're like, we're in love. He's protecting me. <laughs> oh. So, Brandon... He goes off with Savannah. At what point did you and Sheridan kind of first like come together? So Sheridan and I had an amazing conversation that first night too, which you guys did get to see a glimpse of. Right. And we like emotionally right away. Okay. Um, And like kind of formed this really great bond. And then um, that first rose ceremony, he made moves and wrote a song for me and performed it. And it was great. And I loved it. And then we had the amazing date where we sang The Bones. Mm-hmm. And um, what you guys really didn't get to see was how rehearsing and working together really brought Sheridan and I together. Like, we just so clicked on that level. Mm-hmm. Um, so, honestly, it was all simultaneous. Like, I was figuring it out with Sheridan while I was still kind of pining over Brandon, which made it to be this thing that we all saw that blew up in my face it it showed a lot of you looking like you were quite I don't know quote-unquote jealous over Savannah mm-hmm. I mean was it hard to watch clips that were shown of you you know basically smart alecking on Savannah yeah really hard I think you don't get to see it all so you know I don't I don't have any ill will towards Savannah. We talked after the filming of the show too. And um, we, I thought we'd sorted all that out. I think when it airs, it just creates a lot of tension. Um, so yeah, it was hard. Uh, I just, I, it didn't ever feel the way that it looked. Well, how did it feel? It just felt like we didn't see eye to eye on some things. And um, I'm not someone who's afraid of being super honest and an open book. Um, and after our conversation where I kind of told her what I was thinking, 
we actually were like, okay, cool, whatever. And we hugged it out. Like they, that stuff, the, the resolution never airs, the conflict airs. So you know? are you referring to the conversation you had with her where you were saying, you know, ever since you guys coupled up, you've been very uh, PDA, yeah. touchy, touchy. And that comes off as disingenuous. Is it that one? Yeah. So at the end of that one, you were like, okay, hug it out. Yeah. And I, that night, when that night, no, it was like two minutes later that we performed. When I performed with Sheridan, I really was like, wow, this is it. Like I need to give the Brandon thing up. And, um, then of course the next day they sent Brandon and I on a date. So, so when you, when you said things like, I don't like Brandon, I don't, I'm not saying this cause I like Brandon. When I saw that, I was like, Whoa, um, that was me con- trying to convince myself. I was like, yes, yeah, she does girl, please. <laughs> you know when you tell yourself stories because you're like, let's, this is what we want to believe. <laughs> Remember when he knew I was safe and he, <laughs> I don't like him anymore. I don't like him anymore. Oh, yeah. Well, we didn't really get to see a lot of the development of you and Sheridan's looked like romantic relationship. There was one point where you guys like kissed as as you guys were performing together. And it actually came off as kind of like, because we hadn't really seen a lot of your connection. So can we can we just discuss like, can you cuddle in the house? Can you get close? Can you mac on each other a little bit? Yeah, totally. Yeah. And, and most of my time was spent with Sheridan in the mansion. Um, and before the bones, we rehearsed the bones together. You didn't get to see any of that. You didn't get to see us talking on our date or connecting. We were making out then like, yeah. Um, so I think you just really didn't get to see, Oh, none of it really made sense. When I watched it back, I was like, it doesn't even, I look, crazy because there there's no context for any of this yeah that that is the most frustrating thing is you're you're whittling it down to something that sometimes doesn't you're like wait what (laughs) no yeah and Rudy and Jamie like who were my like best friends in the house they were like this is not the way this was going I was you know I think they made it look like I was not confused but I was so confused like I would come back to the girl's bathroom and I'd be like I don't freaking know what I'm doing here like I don't know what I want I don't (laughs) um sometimes I sometimes I wanted this sometimes I wanted that like so you know and I am unfortunately very open about those things and say them out loud (laughs) after Brandon had coupled off with Savannah you had coupled off with Sheridan did you and Brandon ever share any like kisses or anything after that? Only on our date. Only on the date. Okay. Which I knew you guys would be set up on that date, obviously. Well, as soon as Chris Harrison walked in, I was like, oh God. Here we go. <laughs> and then he was like, we're going to send you on dates with other people. I was like. Did that really, did that date really confuse you as far as you were saying you wanted one thing, then you wanted the next thing? Was that just the icing on the cake of like, what the heck is going on right now? Yeah. And like. In my head, I was like, what are they doing to me? Are they trying to get me to go one way and not the other way? Like, mm-hmm. uh, and that got in my head because I was like, why is this happening? Because <laughs> this wasn't our choice. They didn't give me a day card. It was just, you guys are going. Yeah. Yeah. I forget about that. They confused me. And also that was the morning after my amazing performance with Sheridan, um, where I felt actually like, okay, I, I remember saying to myself and Rudy and Jamie, like, I got to let this Brandon thing go because I have a really amazing thing going with Sheridan. 
And then literally 8 a.m., Chris Harrison's like, surprise. No, no. <laughs> I think you had mentioned on the show, too, that that you were open with Sheridan about your conflicting feelings. It was Is that true? Yeah, I think there was room to be more open. But I also think for what I was feeling at the time, I was doing my best, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. Um, there was the moment where I was crying <laughs> on one moment, you know, I was crying the whole time. That um, one time. <laughs> he comes out to come for me. I'm crying on the balcony. I had asked, I was like, actually, can someone go get Sheridan for me? Because I was so worried about making him think I was crying over him when I wasn't. Right. And I actually said to him, um, something along the lines of, I don't know, I've only watched this once because it's so traumatizing, but I said something along the lines of, you know, I have feelings for Brandon, but I want to do this with you. And then I say something like, I hope I can forgive myself. And I, when I heard myself say that, I was like, I think that was me saying, shoot, I just went for the wrong guy. And I hope I can let that go. And that was me being open with Sheridan. Mm -hmm. Um, Whenever I would go talk to Brandon, I'd say, I'm going to go talk to Brandon. Um, but that was in the early days, too. Like, the when we weren't coupled up, too. So I felt, yes, that I was. But I think from Sharon's perspective, I probably could have done a better job. So you come back from the date... At least the way it's presented, it's like you beeline for Sheridan and you're like, I'm going the other direction. Yeah. I asked Brandon. Yeah. I said, did Julia say, did you guys agree that like when you got home, you would go your different directions, each of you? And he was like, you know, we didn't agree that she was going to go dump Sheridan. Right. We didn't. So that was your choice. You were like, I'm going to go. Were you thinking that he was going to go break it off with Savannah? I had no idea. No, we had, we had no idea. I turned the corner and was going to get Sheridan, and I actually stopped. They didn't show this. I, <laughs> I stopped, and I was like, I don't want to have this conversation. I don't feel comfortable having this conversation right now. Mm. Too early. I don't want to make this decision, but I have to make this decision. You know, like yeah. that kind of feeling. And they, of course, I had to make the decision. Um, and I went to go have a conversation with Sheridan and I think what happened in the conversation, cause I obviously didn't handle it well. Um, yeah. Is as I was having it, I was like, shoot, I don't know what I want now again. Like now that he's in front of me, I thought I was going to end it because I did just have this amazing date, by the way, Brandon and I went on by far the best date. that day. It was, I mean, Everyone else had like a little pillow fight and they were like, let me just roll out the red carpet for you. Oh, and I came off of that feeling like, okay, now at least I feel like I, at that point I felt like, you know what? I know that Sheridan and I have a great connection, but in order to move forward with that, I would need to figure this out first. Yeah. And so I went in with that mentality. Then I sit down with him and as I'm talking to him, I'm like, I don't really want to let this person go which is why that conversation went so horribly wrong. Um, and the reason I said uh, whatever I said when he walked away after one sentence, I said something like, you know, that's it. That was my emotional, like, wait, I thought we had something more that was more than just good luck to you, you know? Then Savannah goes. 
Yeah. With after some some tears between her and Brandon, you and Brandon uh, partner up, but it was pretty quickly before the performance, and he said that it was hard to get, you know, performance chemistry or whatever you would call it in that little time. But there was that Natasha moment as well where she basically came to you and said, you know, Brandon said he would have picked Savannah had she agreed to stick around. It, did that upset you more because of the timing of it being right before the performance or because maybe in the back of your mind, you knew that she was right? Both. I knew Brandon and I were not. Uh, quite honestly, I woke up the next morning after Sheridan left and I said, I made a mistake. And Brandon and I were not clicking. Whatever was there was so not there anymore. It just went away overnight. <laughs> okay. Bye. Uh, now I have to make this work and get on stage with this person yeah. and to make it work. And it, because the music factor is added on, it's like, we have to make it work. And this is my life's work. Like we have to sound good so that I don't go home. Yeah. And more than go home. So I don't look like a fool on national television. Ironically, that was unavoidable. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I, the timing was off. I wish she had pulled me aside when she heard it at first. Okay. Um, and also I, I did know it was true. I knew it was true. And I was like, what am I supposed to do with this information? I still have to go on stage with him in 40 minutes, you know, like, yeah. Cause it, it really, the way it came off to me and I watched it again a second time. Cause I really wanted to make sure it seemed like she didn't have bad intentions. It really didn't. The timing might've been wrong, but yeah. I think it was, she was trying to do kind of a girl code situation in many ways. Would you agree? Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think had it come from Rudy or Jamie, considering we had an established friendship, you were it would have. Yeah. I think that's where it, like, it also was a disconnect for me. I think that, yeah, timing was off. Look, sure. Looking back at it now, uh, maybe she was looking out for me, but also again, what was I supposed to do with that information at that point? Yeah. Which, yeah, could go back to timing for sure. Yeah. Difficult. Well, Sheridan said before, at some point before he left that you were going for the bad guy. Which yeah. you agree now it might be a pattern. Yes. Yeah. And he actually, that was proof that we had conversations that you guys didn't see because he said she's doing what she always does. Because I told him that that is something I do. This is, this is something that has been done before. Yeah. I oh. would say I have repeated patterns. And <sighs> I would say that watching it on national television, uh, <laughs> hopefully knock on wood, help me break it. You might have answered this already, but I, I want to ask it. Julia Donato said, what did she see in Brandon? Not to come off rude. Um, <laughs> I'm just curious because it's the relationship seemed kind of one-sided. So yeah. what did you see in him? Besides maybe the banter between the two of you. Um, I think honestly, it was the like, it was the banter. It was the chase. Like, yep. it was that that was what I was used to. And that was what I was familiar with. And having someone that was steady, like Sheridan was something that scared the hell out of me. And I was like, someone oh. who just was like, I'm here. I like you. I want to be with you. Right. I was like, whoa, like, wait, he wants me ill. <laughs> what is that? Rose. Oh my gosh. Well, true. I get it. I freaking understand that a lot. Uh, Amber Wolpert said, does she think she could have won it all had she stuck with Sheridan? Yes. Everyone's always like, 
do you think um, you were trying to like win the show? And I was like, no, if I wanted to win, I would have never left Sheridan. Like if my only focus was that, I wouldn't have tried to figure out the relationship because Sheridan and I crushed it. I mean, there's no other way to describe our performances. On the flip side of that, after your performance with Brandon, did you have a feeling you were going home? Yeah, I wanted to go. I asked to go home, but I was not given permission. Cried and begged and pleaded. Well, Eliza Bishop said, of all the men on the show, whether you were in a relationship with them or not, whose voice does she think would have complimented hers best? I'm honestly going to stick with Sheridan. Because okay. we just, yeah, the, the stark contrast between working with someone and performing with them, Sheridan and Brandon was so crazy. How so? Like just connection wise or, or connection wise, um, Sheridan and I worked really well together. We collaborated really well together. Um, and I think we just, it clicked. Like, you know how you just can't describe that sometimes. Yeah. Brandon and I didn't click at all. I and I don't know whether it had to do with the fact that we just made this big decision and we felt like it was a mistake or what, but we did not. It was not great. We did not work together well. Mm. Yeah. So Sheridan, Sheridan's voice, yes. That would have stuck the whole time. Uh, I might know the answer to this. S- Samantha Knight said if she could have done one thing differently during filming, what would it be? Stay with Sheridan. I didn't know if it was like, wear that one outfit. I hated that one. (laughs) (laughs) Um, This was kind of a sassy question, but I'm going to ask it. Ashley Nicole says, she seems in post-show interviews that it's common to blame everyone else. What of her actions does she take ownership of? I take ownership of all of the actions that I made. I mean, like, yeah, I think you have to understand um, so many things. I mean, obviously I made the decisions I made. We also have to understand we're in an environment where we're being poked and prodded. And like, but I, you know, this is one of those cases where two things can be true. 100%. They were my choices. And I think I would have made different choices had I been in a normal environment. I read this book, A Man's Search for Meaning, when I was searching for meaning through all of this. And it's a a book on psychology and it's abnormal behavior in an abnormal situation is actually considered normal behavior. Yeah. And I think that's what happened to me. I was in an abnormal environment and I didn't behave the way any of my friends or family recognize me behaving. I also think that sometimes I remember I ran into this after the show was I, I would try to talk about like, what wasn't in there or like what you missed or like why this didn't make sense in terms of context. And sometimes that can come off as making excuses or whatever, but really that's just the natural desire for someone who feels wronged to just be like, hang on there, you know, that didn't really. So, so I I asked that in terms of, and you answered it perfectly. Like the way I behaved in that situation, granted, I, I made choices, yes, but would I jump out of a cake half naked in my normal life? No, I wouldn't. Did I make the choice to do that? Yes. Right. So, right. yeah. Would I, would I go on one date with one guy and another date with another guy and make a decision in the span of eight days in my normal dating life? No, I wouldn't. And, uh, you know, whenever I do explain that to people, like, 
this was over a very short period of time. I was only filming for 11 days. And in my normal dating life, I would never make the kinds of decisions that I needed to make on this show. Right. I don't, I don't blame anyone else for those decisions, but it was an abnormal environment where I was making abnormal decisions on abnormal timelines. Great answer. Well, I want to get into a little bit of after show stuff and without getting too much into your, you know, private life, we talked and you felt really crappy after the show came out. You felt like you lost yourself. Um, Can we kind of take a short walk through your mental health journey, if you will, since all of this? Yeah. Um, I mean, full disclosure, I totally postponed this podcast because I was not in a good place mentally. Um, I mean, to be completely honest, and I want to be honest about this because I think people don't realize the weight of their words when they come for people on reality TV. I didn't leave bed for weeks. I wasn't eating. I, um, I don't want to trigger anyone, but I was being told to kill myself every single day. And started to think that it might be a good idea. And yeah, it's not, um, I would never wish the scrutiny that I was under on anyone. Um, it was hell on earth. Isn't it funny that people can literally wish death upon you because you like didn't date the way that normal people would date. That is your biggest mistake. Right. My mom always said to me, she was like, you didn't, murder anyone no you didn't you didn't commit a crime you dated two people you might not have done it perfectly but you just dated yeah and I felt like I felt so misunderstood like even that sassy question that we just went over like I felt misunderstood on so many levels Mm -hmm. um being called a villain which implies malicious intent like I am not someone who goes into any situation and is like oh like I want to take down someone or anything like I'm just such an open book and that really bit me (laughs) in this situation maybe that's a thing I was too so maybe we can advise people to maybe be a little bit more if you do go on the show keep it locked down a little bit (laughs) don't you're confused about two different guys because then they'll send you on a date with one and then it'll become the entire show and you are thy villain yeah yeah so for Honestly, for the first time in my life, I couldn't sing without crying, um, which was the scariest part because I thought like I felt like my identity had been taken away from me um, because my identity to me was singer. And I had charity concerts, virtual charity concerts to perform for, and I couldn't get it out without sobbing. And I was like, what is wrong with me? Why am I not finding joy in anything right now? Um, And it's been a lot of hard work, a lot of digging deep and therapy and it is mental health awareness month and I think everyone should be going to therapy I love therapy yeah I I got through about the same way so you're doing the right thing I've finally been able to start singing and writing and um obviously that's always been my therapy um but it's been rough I can't I can't deny it and I'm so lucky that I have amazing family and friends because they have seriously rallied around me and the other thing is it was so compounded because I was, it was in quarantine. Everyone was watching. Everyone was watching and I was alone. I couldn't be distracted by my social life, right? Like I couldn't even have my friends over and 
commiserate about it. It's hard. I mean, I, I can't imagine. I went through a breakup in quarantine and I thought it was like the worst thing in the world. I can't imagine being alone and then having millions of people also con- like just bearing their all of their anger and probably just quarantine feels on to you. Yeah. That's hard. Yeah, it was interesting when I was able and strong enough to start responding to some of the haters. They a lot of them came around and would be like, "So sorry, I uh I'm just hurting too." And I just took it out on you. And then we had a dialogue and now some of them are my fans/friends. Yeah. Like, you know, I think people are craving connection in a way that is so outrageous right now that mm-hmm. they think that it was okay to come find me and come for me. <laughs> Skylar Sweeney said, does she still talk to anyone from the cast to this day? And an interesting part of this question, do you feel like your cast has been there to support you through this? Uh, I mean, yes. I am extraordinarily close to Rudy, Jamie, Mel, who you guys really didn't get to see a right. lot of. Um, Michael Todd, who you guys didn't get to see a lot of, he is the best and has been there for me in such a significant way. Danny, um, honestly, they really rallied around me, but my girls from the cast have just been so incredible and were really there for me in a massive way. You didn't mention Savannah, Sheridan, or Brandon in that answer. (laughs) I mean, um... Sheridan and I, it's complicated because there's, you know, that was a romantic relationship. Um, And Brandon and I talk. But like an 11 day romantic relationship. Right. Well. Well, less. (laughs) Yeah. And we had, but we had started talking after the show. And so the show opened. So, so you had talked post show, you thought, okay, maybe that we can do this in the real world, but maybe similarly, to Savannah, the minute stuff starts airing again, um, that's when it complicates things a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Which is understandable. And then Brandon, Brandon, Brandon and I, I have no ill will towards Brandon. I kind of say like, I have no feelings there. Like there's just no, it's neutral. Like you're just like, oh, whatever. Bye. Whatever. Yeah. And so I talked to him once, I think throughout the whole process, but, and then what about Savannah? Um, are y'all friendly? No, I think, you know, I had thought that we'd buried the hatchet after filming. Right. And so I kind of didn't know how to handle like it not being, it being the way that it was after, after the show aired. Um, and I just feel like, you know what, it's just better to just, you know, like it's what you just said too about the romantic relationship. It's like, I knew these people for, you know, a a week. Yeah. And I don't, I wish her well. I don't have any ill feelings for her. I just, it just, it didn't make sense to like revisit things again. You know, the last time we talked, you had said, you know, you're still hoping that Sheridan might come around that you would love to maybe try something again. Like, has he come around at all or, or no? Um, we've spoken. Okay. I think my desire was, look, I think we had a, like one of those connections that I would have hoped to have revisited Okay. Um, in the real world. And it's always to move on wishing that you had that chance. Like um, I always think about that. There's that website or that Craigslist website, Missed Connections. Yes, yes, yes. And I feel like 
that way about Sheridan and I, like there was something there. Unfortunately, I was an idiot and I made mistakes and there was a lot of noise and I was hopeful that we'd have the opportunity to explore that connection without the noise, without everything else going on. Just life. Yeah. But I don't know. I think he's rightfully pretty hurt and I don't know. I don't know what the future holds, you know, so we'll see. What are your thoughts on a few photos of Savannah and Brandon hanging post-show that have surfaced? Oh, good for them. I'm happy for them. I think that that's, if that's what they want, then they should hang. Hang out. Yeah. It's so weird now that our, like, private lives are public. Um, Mm -hmm. You're just going out to freaking Panera to have a sandwich and someone gets a photo of you. Yeah, that's really bizarre. So if that's what they want to do, go for it, you know. I like this question. Bryn Aaron, does she want to go on Bachelor in Paradise? If so, what guy from the franchise would she like to meet? Oh, God. Uh, I don't know. I honestly feel like my answer changes all the time. But my initial gut reaction is no, I don't want to go on Bachelor in Paradise. I think that's a valid reaction. Yeah. Yeah, it's been so emotionally traumatic for me. And I guess <laughs> if I was going to go on Bachelor in Paradise, I don't really, not really crushing on anyone in Bachelor Nation, except I guess Sheridan, because I'm like experiencing that mixed, missed connection with healing with him. Yeah. But I don't know that if we explored it in the same. <laughs> Maybe you both go on Paradise. <laughs> but I'm like, that's scary because. Reality TV failed me once in that arena. Hey, usually if it fails you once, you get redeemed the second time. Not always. Yeah. Majority. I, I don't know. Trish Ann said, has this show given her the launching pad she had hoped for? If not, or maybe the opposite, does she regret it? <sighs> um, so, no, it didn't because I was not well received. Mm-hmm. I actually think none of us got the platform that we thought we would because listen to your heart ratings were not what bachelor ratings were. So I think um, it's important to keep in mind that uh, listen to your heart was the first ever season of a show of cast members that no one had ever seen before. And so it is hard to be part of the first season and develop any kind of, um, you know, like massive fan following out of it. That makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. So no, I didn't get the platform that I wanted. I said this on the show and got a lot of hell for it because I understand why. But I do live with like, live with no regrets as like a motto for myself. And it's not because that means I didn't make mistakes. I made mistakes. But if you're looking at them as regrets, then you're never going to learn the lessons. Right. And so, no, I don't regret doing the show. Was it hard as hell? Yes. Did I learn a lot? Yes. Mm-hmm. And that's what I'm taking with me. And um, I'm taking the really beautiful parts of the experience with me. And I'm taking the hard parts as information for my future. So I don't regret it. Do you have a message that you could share? Um, not even maybe overarchingly to your haters slash people who hate on reality television humans what would you tell them? I would tell them 
you know, it's hard because I, in my like therapy, I've been trying to understand where they're coming from. And I understand that as viewers, you view it passively. You're not like thinking about like, oh, well, something else must have happened to make her do this. You're viewing what you're shown and that's just that. You're taking it at face value. Yeah. Um, And I think it's really important and there are books on it and tell-alls on it all, all very much available to all of you. If you're a big fan of reality TV, maybe pick one of those up and realize that the real part is not as real as it seems. And also just remember that we're human beings. Like I can't believe some of the things that have been said to me. Um, And I hate the argument like, well, you signed up for it. Well, no, I signed up to pursue my biggest dream and hopefully find love. I didn't sign up thinking I was welcoming death threats. (laughs) Well, I think, I think I've heard that argument too. And uh, I would love if, to still have a copy of the contract there's nowhere in the contract that says one you're going to be the villain that's nowhere in the contract all it says in there is that you will be filmed 24 7 and whatever we do with whatever we film is what we do yeah but still there's no specific contract for the person who looks good and the person who looks bad it's just all encompassing so yes you do sign a piece of paper but there's nothing in the piece of paper that says, hey, 12 million people watch this and there's probably a really big bullying problem but online within Bachelorette. That's not in there. Yeah. So, yeah. So, so yeah, I also think that that argument is a little annoying. Yeah. Yeah, so I just think you have to realize that there's so much you don't see. I mean, I say you base all 10% of what we filmed. Like, and so I just think kind of like, if you're going to watch and if you're going to try to argue with the people on the show, kind of use your brain a little bit and put it a little bit into context or just don't say anything. Just be kind. Just if that's your opinion, go laugh about me with your friends. Cool. Like there's a difference between like, I used to watch the show growing up. I would maybe if I had never done the show, I'd say, Julia, like, ah, that was, you know, whatever. I'll talk, say that to my mom as I'm watching. I was never, I guess the reason why the amount of backlash that I received slash that you received was so shocking to me was because I was not someone who ever thought like, I'm going to go to this person's Instagram and DM them and tell them they should die. Like, that's not how my attitude has ever been towards anything I've ever watched. Me personally, like, I actually was thinking like, what, who incites anger in me like that much? And would I ever then go find them? And tell them to take a long walk off the short bridge. No. No. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know what it is. And if the, the not the good thing, but it, it is sort of heartwarming in a really effed up way that I've talked to many people in our positions from many other shows who have also experienced the same thing, which is why I do love to to talk to people who are in this place because yeah, th- there's, there is nothing like being the person from every season of any show that is told to die. And some people can handle it. Yeah. And I'm like, hey, good on you. But some people can't. And that doesn't mean you're weaker. And it doesn't mean some people revel in the villain thing. And some people struggle and can't get out of bed. And that's just who knows why that happens. Yeah. Well, and I want to say like you reaching out to me and taking the time to talk to me meant so much. 
it was like during some of the darkest moments. So that meant a lot. And don't want to be in this sisterhood. We are. <laughs> this is this is a really weird ass sisterhood, but it is okay. And I guess okay. So on the flip side of that question, if you what would you say to the next villain? Um, that it might not feel like it right now, but this will pass. Um, and I know you said that to me. You know, I. I keep saying to you when you text me to see how I'm doing, like my heart physically hurts and it still hurts. Like I have turned a massive corner in my, in my daily life as far as my happiness, but, um, my heart, I feel like I'm walking around with an open wound and, um, this, I hope that this is one of the hardest things I like emotionally traumatic experience. Yeah. (laughs) There's, I have yet to have anything that comes fucking close to millions of people hating you. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but one can hope. I hope that for you. I hope that is the worst it can get. Yeah. I mean, I fully anticipate being right there for any future villains. So it's always a good thing to just show that you're there and you've been there and that you, th- seriously, this too shall pass. Like it feels like in the moment that there's no way out of this, but the, the beauty and I guess the curse for bachelor people who want to be famous is that this fame is fleeting, right? So you're a villain for a season and then the next villain comes around and no one even remembers who you are. I mean, I don't know how many people were when I was on the greatest of all time episode or whatever, everyone's like, who is she? Like, why do we feel bad for her? You know, and I get that, but it's like you, you still get to, to hang on to what you're feeling right now. That does not negate how you're feeling. You're not weird for you know x amount of months after the show still harboring these feelings and you're doing everything you can yes sometimes for me even to talk to my castmates when they wanted to be there for me because it was like a reminder of the experience when I just wanted to like crawl in a hole and not be reminded of any of it um it's so hard I mean and I think for me too my post-show interviews I was so broken down Mm -hmm. And, you know, I was a victim of cyberbullying at that point. So I was defending myself on that level too. And so um, I think that's perhaps why I came across the way that I did. But, you know, how can you not defend yourself when you're being told when you sign on to Instagram and you have horrible things waiting for you? I'm here no matter what, whatever you need. Yeah, you're the best. Hey, let's push your social media where can people listen to your music since you didn't get the push you wanted out of the show come on <laughs> uh, i'm at it's julia ray it's julia ray r-a-e across the board come say hi yeah everyone go follow it's julia ray she posts great beautiful harmony videos with other people i love a harmony i'm all about it yeah Mel and I Mel and I uh got together and recorded a a cover we're gonna do a few more yay okay well I love you and I'm here for you and we we all love you here at mouthing off even the sassy question I thought it was important (laughs) because that actually gave you an opportunity to speak your piece about things so even sassy question loves you Yeah, I welcome them. <laughs> so everyone follow It's Julia Ray and be nice. If you're not going to be nice, then don't do it. <laughs> Stay away. Okay. Bye-bye.